sure because I want to make sure I can trim this. Welcome back, welcome back. Untitled EP2, you know it's your host A2. Gentlemen, introduce yourselves. It's your boy Smooth. You already know back at it, episode two. Let's get it. Yeah, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy Dave here. Yeah, so just to let you know, that intro music, that was Louis Manson, man. Jersey, straight out of Jersey. That was Surprise Party. That's one of my favorite tracks right now. I've been having that on repeat at the gym, banging them dumbbells, getting it in. So like I said, episode two, man. So I just wanted to kick it off with the Kanye doc. A lot of stuff is going on. So I want to start with the Kanye doc. Smooth, how do you feel about it, man? Man, I just want to say, from watching that documentary, uh, the first episode, Kanye is a genius. Uh, just the things you were saying, uh, that he was going to aspire to get and, and to gain and how you you look into today where he's at, his position, it's just amazing how um, just putting your mindset to something and then accomplishing those goals. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, that, that episode, I mean, for me, looking at Kanye and where you see where he started, where he's from now, to be honest, he's been the same person. Just the money got involved. I mean, to be honest with you, like that's really the only thing that's changed is the money. Kanye's been the same thing. His message has been really clear. And I I mean, what more can I say about Kanye that hasn't been said? Right, right. Cause he's like, he 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 he's always been a family man. Uh, you know, always loving of his mother. Uh, and he's always been, you know, a man of, of, of the church. So and he those two things uh haven't changed in his message. You know, I, I just think it's really it's that media, you know, media giving him that negative connotation. Kanye's crazy, Kanye's this, Kanye's that. So, you, you know, there's like one thing about Kanye, you know, and Kanye, you know, when you look at what he's been through and just seeing all the things that he has aspired to do, seeing how he's been brought up, um, you know, from what we saw, what we saw in the documentary with him and his mother, the relationship that he had, the drive that he had to, to be what he wanted to be. You, you know, you got to at some point sometimes understand Kanye, how he acts right now, not just to say I'm justifying all the craziness, quote unquote, that he's been doing. But just to, after seeing that documentary again, like Vaughn or whatever you what, what you guys brought up before, how he's acting the same now, he's always been the same thing. It's just the money got involved. That's true. It just put a magnifying glass on top of him. But that documentary was amazing. It laid out how everything started, how everything was going with him. And, man, I, I can always finish this by saying, bring back the old 06 Kanye. Bring back the old Kanye, man. He's a legend. You got to respect his music. You got to respect what he's given to people in his music. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a fan. I, I, I love the documentary, and I can't wait to watch more of it. Yeah, when, when, when do we have an estimated timeline for when the next episode is coming out? I think it's supposed oh. to drop weekly the way they trying to do it now. Netflix is like trying to compete with live TV. So now they're trying to drop it weekly instead of dropping the whole thing like they usually do. So I'm expecting it came out when uh, was that Wednesday or Tuesday? So I'll expect it to drop again on either that Tuesday or Wednesday. Mm, okay. Yeah. I mean, my last thing before we wrap up with Kanye, man, that all falls down in the office when the, when the agent's looking at him like, oh, we don't man. know what's going on, bro. <laughs> Bruh. Bro, when you <laughs> When you look at how, like, they just shunned him out of the office, like, I, I couldn't believe it because that song is a hit. And the fact that they just ignored it, I'm like, come on. That that blew my mind. That was crazy to me. Nigga, nigga said, nigga said, yo, make sure make sure you got my beats for me, yo. <laughs> yo, I, <saw laughs> yo, I need that, my man. beats, yo. <laughs> what? Hey, I think I think we're hurt, yeah, a little bit on that because of who he presented it to. That first, the first verse of that song, because he is talking about black women, and he did that in front of a black woman. I think they kind of got it taken aback to it, you know. She had long hair, but she cut it all off. Now she looked like Eve and, and telling women she couldn't afford a car, so you should call her daughter Alexis. 
That's a bar. I think that hit a couple. <laughs> that's, that's a bar. That's a bar. That's, that <laughs> is a bar. But I, I know what you're talking about. Hey, like. Nah, facts. I, I, I understand it, too. Like, I, I completely understand um, the audience that he played it at that time. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe he wasn't, wasn't too feeling it. But that family business verse? Jeez. Mm. Mm. And finally, um, just to, you know, before we get on to the next thing, but I don't know if you saw with him and Most Def when they recited two words. First of all, two words oh. is my favorite Kanye song. Of I, I, you know, I can say Kanye's verse from the top of my top of my head. Mm. That was amazing to me. Him and Most Def. Shout out to Yasin Bay, man. You are ready. Yeah. Yep. So transitioning into music. So you know, a lot of things been going on in New York, especially with Mayor Adams and his. Uh, he's been urging the drill of to. Uh, urgent and drill music. I'm a little confused on that just because he believes still in this the first episode of, you know, drill music's influencing the gun violence. And like I said, people kill people, not the music. Got me lost on the on, on the drill, banning 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 it just because you haven't banned what other what do we ban with entertainment? Because at the end of the day, music is entertainment. We listen to it all the time. We go into the gym, the card studio, whatever we're doing. I don't understand why you're circling this group and trying to ban them out. Because, I mean, should we ban Grand Theft Auto then? And they've been trying to ban Grand Theft Auto forever. You know, they had some some young 18-year-old girl. Now she's a drug mule running and she got caught driving her Jeep, moving moving weight. Bro, so my... should we ban Grand Theft Auto? How do we feel about the mob stuff, the mob movies? Should we ban all mob movies? I mean, Martin Scorsese has made a living just doing all mm. these mob documentaries mm. and mob movies. And we like it, but we, we love don't it. ban <laughs> So, I mean, we even had the last documentary I've seen. They just did Sammy the Bull called The Last Gangster. And they basically flat out said it like, oh, yeah, the worst thing with the Godfather movie was it brought humanization to the mob. So now you feel sympathy for that. I'm mm -hmm. just confused on Eric's band because it, it's not music. You want to ban it. But what is the solution? What is the solution? So for, for me, I, I'll point to a solution if you need one since he needs help, clearly. Look at what happened in Newark at Westside High School. In 2019, they had the principal doing the Lights On program. And basically, the Lights On program was having kids from troubled backgrounds, giving them a safe haven to come, to interact with kids in their neighborhood, to make them feel safe, to play pools, to play a game, to help them record. That's something that you need to do instead of banning the music. You can't ban the music. And for me, before I toss it to y'all, you went to go meet up with Fabio and Mayno. My issue lies with you is why you're not talking to these label heads. The label right. heads are the one that's promoting this. They own a lot of the rights and the masters to these artists' music. Right. A lot of them will tell you, we're not going to release it if it doesn't sound like this. We'll hold you if you have one album on your deal left. We're going to hold you so you you hold when you need to resign. Right. He, and he's like pretty I said, much he's talking to the pawns, Armand. And that's what I'm saying. Like it, All pawns. And to me, my only thing is the one point, one issue that I a young boy situation and this is clear as day nba young boy has a federal case he's been arrested we've seen the picture of 28 guns on the table silencers and all his label came out bailed him out moved him to wisconsin so he can record more music and then they put the music out him dissing other rappers so is it really nba young boy is it the drill music that you're still blaming or is it the label heads who pushed this mm, right mm. is it Right. Is it the artist? Is it truly the artist or is it the labels that are pushing it? And that that's a very, very good, good point there. Um, and I mean, like, just to come back to what we were initially talking about, like, um, these programs, like, there definitely should be some type of solution in place. Um, you know, whether it's, like, councilmen doing it or it's the mayor or just as somebody who was, a, was like, a local hero. Um, but I definitely want to shout out uh, some people in Patterson. Uh, I've seen definitely some programs out there. Um, they had um, Zone 6 uh, and Justin Wimberley. Uh, he definitely unveiled uh, something called a SWAG program. And he has a couple of different schools. Uh, one is at Patterson Public School 21. Uh, and that swag room opened up on looked like November 15. And then he just recently opened up another one uh, at John P. Holland Charter School, and that's also located in Patterson. Uh, and it looked, it's just looking like the mission and the goal there is to really just enforce student efforts and engagement in the classroom. 
And they got different, all different type of uh, games in there from the P5. They got basketball hoops in there, air hockey tables, uh, Mac computers. Which student would not want to, you know, give more effort and, and, and try even harder in class to just to, to get these these uh, incentives? You know, this, these are definitely going to be some things that uh, would definitely boost the uh, kids' academic goals and just uh, have the, have something to look forward to throughout the, the school year, especially with, with COVID um, still, like, in effect, you know. It's, it's crazy out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, how I feel about it is just that music has been influencing people for a long time. I think we discussed this in the last podcast that, you know, music, is. this has been going on. Nothing's brand new under the sun. You've had a lot of artists, 50, Eminem, who I've listened to the other day. Like, you know the stuff he was con- you was saying? You know what I mean? Within his music, he's probably influencing a lot of people to do what they're doing now, all the craziness. But at the end of the day, I just feel like, you know, we banning it still doesn't make any sense, um, you know, with the solutions that we have here that you guys described before, especially, you know, the mentorship programs or any program to, like, you know, show kids the other side of things, show them the better side of things, the positive side of things. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just by doing that alone can prevent all of these, all this negativity of all this killing and all this crime that's going on. A lot of that could prevent that. But, you know, nobody wants to bring that up. Nobody wants to bring up how, you know, especially in these urban communities, that there are a lot of programs out there to to reach out to these kids and help, you know, help shape them in a more positive light. So you can't really just blame the music because that's been going on for a long time. And, uh, you know, we, we there are solutions in place to prevent that. So banning the music, just it makes no sense on that. And that's my stance on it. And I totally agree. I just want to finish up with this. For me, again, just finding that more solutions. If you, to, It's all about perspective at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. They take want to take that hustle mentality. What you have to do is take that energy and put it into something constructive for them. So I think it would be a perfect thing, especially in New York, especially with us, for me, looking at the United States, we're, we're, behind, we're about five, seven, maybe even 10 years, I'm being generous, 10 years behind on technology. Most definitely, there need to be constructive programs where the, the kids at youth can work on tech, if it is, you know, engineering, something like that to get their mind off the streets. All they see, if you only want to push the music, you have these label heads, you know, shoving down music on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, give them a different outlet to do it. There's no problem with listening to the music. I listen to the drill music at the gym. Does that mean I need to go in, go in the gym and hit somebody in the head with a barbell or a dumbbell? No. <laughs> <laughs> to get me punked, to get me right. I mean, even playing football, I was listening to the drill music because, you know, that's what we on the field. It's all about perception and how you line your things up. I just believe, you know, just taking that constructive thing, putting it towards technology and just leaving the music out of it, bro. At the end of the day, parents have to parent. And it's not our job to tell y'all, you know, stop listening to this. It should be our job to give y'all solutions. And I believe some of these solutions that we listed will help. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Definitely will. So I hope, hope you're listening out there, uh, Mayor Adams. Yeah, most definitely. Somebody get this into his ear. And if he need to call me, call me. What don't call me. <laughs> so now, you know, we're going to throw it to Dave's finance corner. You know, we have some some questions we would need to ask Dave. You know, I told y'all I'm not I'm not too good with the mathematics and the algebra and all that. So I needed Dave to break down. So, Dave, I have one question, man. What's an index? Uh, well, you know, starting off with that, uh, with the whole index thing is it's like, you know, the Dow Jones and the S&P 500. It's just basically ways that they measure the market's overall direction, you know, with the index. Uh, the Dow, the Dow Jones, uh, it's a series of 30 shares, 30 most traded stock on the New York Stock Exchange. So with that, that shows you, um, you know, the direction where the market is going. So if those trades on the Dow is, is you know, in the red, usually that's going to be a, a bearish or I'm sorry, a, a low or a, or a negative market day. And obviously, if it's in the green, that means it's going to be a good day. Also, like the S&P 500, that's another index uh, made of like 500 uh you know, 500 shares, 500 stock, 500 companies, whatever, whatever you want to call it. It's just a measuring, a measuring stick, sort of speak, quote unquote, on how the uh, stock market is going. Okay, good, because that cleared that up. Because I never understand when they're like, "Yeah, you're in the green and red." I see the arrow go up and down. I'm just like, "Oh, okay, that's pretty cool." Um, but, yeah, 
But, yeah, sorry to cut you off, but, yeah, and it's crazy that you bring that up because, you know, I always get this question as to, like, you know, what's the difference between uh, uh, index fund and, uh, you know, a stock. So it's good that we're getting into this right now. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, no. Yeah, no, no, it was perfect because, like I said, I'm, all I know is up and down. So then um, is there such a thing as a bad index fund then? Uh, what a bad index fund? Not really. So you see, nah, it's, you know, there's never – with an index fund, obviously, I don't want to say everything's perfect, but, you know, you have your negatives to it. But to say if there's such thing as a bad index fund or is there's, like, such thing as a bad stock, no, nah, not really. Uh, what you see with an index fund, um, it's just a pool of investments that follows these these index, the uh, indices, is it indices, index, indices, I think uh, whatever the plural form it is, it just indices. follows, like, indices, right? So it just follows how the S&P 500 and how the Dow Jones is, or, you know, uh, it just follows how that goes. So basically, um, to answer your question, there's no such thing as a bad one. Uh, it's just all a matter of time and uh, what the situation is like in the market. So, no. Okay, that makes sense. And then um, do index funds usually pay dividends as well? Uh, well, just like stock, yeah, absolutely. Um, it just all depends on what index fund that you're invested in. Uh, but yeah, there are definitely index funds do pay, pay dividends and some, some good ones, some more often, I mean, more frequent than others. Some play quarterly, some pay, play yearly. Ooh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm tongue twisted right now. Uh, but yeah, to answer your question, they do pay dividends. Absolutely. Okay. And then my last question, um, are index funds safer than a stock? Would you say? Uh, absolutely. Well, there's less risks, right? Uh, so the difference between an index fund, again, is this, that it's more managed. Um, you know, you have, you have, uh, people that are, are, are setting the direction under the average based on, you know, whatever industry that you're invested in or whatever industry that it's following. I'm sorry. And then you have your stock where I feel like the stock is the more entrepreneurial route. You know what I mean? So you have your, your index fund, which is, I, I like to consider it, and people out there, all you finance cops, you could come at me too. I like to call that the nine to five. You know, you already have things in place for you. You already know what you're going to get. You know how, what you're going to get by the end of the day, by the end of the week, like a nine to five, where you know what your check is going to be. You know what your mm -hmm. salary is going to be. As opposed mm -hmm. to a stock, I feel like for a stock, it's more of the hustler, more of the entrepreneurial way. You get to decide the direction. You have more control on, you know, what you're going to do for the day, what you're going to do for the week. Obviously, there's more hustle to it, more research you have to do with investing in stock, and it's more volatile. Uh, so when you ask if index funds are safer than stock, it's less volatile because it's managed. So with that being said, uh, it is a safer route to go. But that doesn't always mean that you're not going to take a loss with, with index funds. So... Hey, hey, um, hey, uh, Dave, I definitely want to say, uh, that was a great analogy, man. That that nine to five and mm -hmm. then, uh, hustler, that was a great analogy. Appreciate that. No problem. Yeah. No problem. Most definitely. Now you got me looking at because I'm down on stocks. You know, I got my Robin, I got my Acorns account. I did one stocks, but definitely now looking after you explaining what an index is, definitely about to start looking at it. I'm about to take both of those mentalities, nine to five and hustler, because you need both to survive in Jersey. So, you know, I'm a hustler. I'm a hustler. But hey, man, I, I mean, it all depends. Just look on your situation. You know, if you need to reach out to an advisor, I would do that before, if anything. Uh, again, like always, I got to say in my corner that I'm not an advisor, so I can't make any dis make any decisions. Everything's at your discretion. But definitely look at the index funds, man. It's a, definitely a, a good way to make some change. Nice, nice. All right, cool. So now I'm going to toss it over to Smooth. We got a little Olympic recap. So Smooth, go ahead, my man. Yeah, man. Um, Just a quick recap. Tomorrow, February, uh, February 20th uh, is the last day of the Olympics. And it's been a February filled with just different type of winter sports, ice hockey, bobsleigh, um, speed skating, curling, and snowboarding, just to name a few. Uh, so right now, uh, the medal count looks like Norway is leading the Winter Olympics with 35 medals in total. Uh, I think it's about, I think it's 11 gold medals. And Germany is in second with 24 medals, followed by China with 15. They have nine gold medals. And in fourth in the medal count is the USA uh, with 24 medals, 
uh, but only eight gold medals. So, uh, well, it's going to be very interesting to see, um, you know, how the Winter Olympics gets wrapped up. Uh, but that's just a little quick recap and a medal count for you. Back to you, Armand. You got it. Yeah. So, you remember, like I said, me personally, I really wasn't paying, with the, paying attention to the Olympics, especially <laughs> after they did yeah. my girl Shari wrong. Right. I'm confused on if because the, the, the other little girl from Russia who's under 15, she's allowed to use drugs, but you're mad because Shakari. Never mind. That's a different topic for another Yo, day. Yo, Cree. Shout out Shakari, man. Shout out Shakari. Shout exactly. out to you. We holding it down. Shakari, as soon as you race, when I tune in, that's the only time you get my view in public money. Anyway, right. right. Let's go back to the Super Bowl. So you know the Super Bowl happened. I did give y'all guys who I was betting on. I didn't hit nothing except my, my Rams did win. I hit that. And Obel did, Odell did score a touchdown. But, you know, we got to talk about the biggest thing that happened during the Super Bowl, especially the halftime show. My favorite halftime show. I did see people saying that it was one of the greatest. It is. I put it. Uh, I put Prince, Michael Jackson. I can might. I might be able to swipe, swipe, swipe out Mike. I might be able to swap him out. Nah, you can't swipe out Mike. Not Mike, man. You I can't swipe Mike out. Listen, listen, listen. Mike Moon walked on stage, right? I, 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 Yo. I, I <laughs> But we saw Snoop Crip walk, and that's all I needed to see. That's why. Yo, I- he crip, he crip Yo, walked multiple crazy. times on the stage, too. Yo, the homies were upset that day, huh? <laughs> I was throwing and, up but at the house. It didn't matter. It did not and matter. And you, you, you know you had to see my the um, Uncle Snoop, you know what I mean? He had to, he had to get his medicinal medicine in before, hey, before he got on there. It had to it help him focus. You know, he was <laughs> a little nervous. It, it calms down the, the anxiety, so we totally understand. Like I said, though, that was one of the best ones. I do think it's like a catch-22. It's kind of funny, though, that, you know, we're mostly the entertainment. And when I say that, you know, I'm talking about black people, how we are the entertainment. You know, we make up 70% of the NFL with players. And then we're your halftime entertainment. But I guess y'all draw the line as we can't be coaches. Yep. That's a little lost. It, it does seem like a backhanded compliment. You can't put on the field, you know, end racism, stop hate. We're going to give y'all a halftime show. No black coaches, though. Yeah, that a joke. Goodell's a joke. I'm sorry. I could go for days. My dude just gets me so tight, bro. <laughs> speak, speak your mind, brother. Speak your mind. Yeah, man. I mean, to nah. me, I mean, on Goodell, Goodell is the pawn for the owners. I put this all on the owners. Mm. And especially That's me. True. That's true. That's true. That's true. I'm laughing at the Giants organization because they came out and said, oh, these practices against us. I mean, the, the lawsuit against from Flores, it's not true at all. But they were the main ones trying to undermine the Rooney, Rooney rule and only interviewing one minority head coach when the rule is supposed to be two. Mm. And they tried to get out of that way by trying to interview the same head coach twice for the same position, thinking that counts as two. So the Giants, please stop lying on us. We, y'all, y'all, y'all hired, y'all actually drafted Daniel Jones. Instead of hiring a local kid and Dwayne Haskins from Piscataway, New Jersey, but moved to Maryland, shows me a lot about how you guys operate. But I also, too, understand the Giants sold they sold to the Mannings, so that makes sense. I'm going to get off my tangent. Fellas, I'll toss it to y'all. Hey, I'm going to just say this. The way that I think, you know, change is always in numbers. Um, and obviously, you just said that it's about 70% of the NFL is, is people that look like us, of color. Um so what needs to happen? I mean, it's going to be a little, a little tricky, but if the players are really, really about it, about it, they need to go on strike or boycott. Um, you know, I, I think they definitely that definitely could make a change uh, in the league. Uh, it will be affected tremendously. Uh, and if that happens or if that did happen, uh, the tricky part on the other side is, you know, it's about that money. Uh, and am I really willing to – you know, take food off my plate and off the table for my family for this. And that's where that's where it, it gets a little dicey because you, now you got a kid from Memphis, you got a kid from New Jersey, anywhere, anywhere. He may not have nothing. Football is all they know. If you take away that, it's about survival. Can I survive? So do we really think that, you know, is that going to happen? Now, if uh, if it does, though, I think it could change exponentially, without a doubt. 
I, I agree with Vaughn right there in regards to, you know, if we really want change, like, you know, it's, you know, it's just really based on the players and money does talk. So it's going to be hard for them, especially if football is their livelihood. But I, what I got to say is, man, honestly, the NFL, we clearly know it's a bunch of racist bigots up there. I'm sorry. They got that <laughs> old school mentality up there, that slavery mentality up there. We know who's up there. And honestly, the only way it's not going to change, because as long as they're dangling them dollar bills, things are going to be the same. Right. What needs to happen is these so-called, you know, the Tom Brady's. And we hear it all the time. The Tom Brady's, the Manning's, the Drew Brees's, the, the golden poster boys of these leagues that they, 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 they do say that they do care about racism. What mm. they need to do is speak up. How about they speak up on these issues? Mm. How about they speak up about their discomfort about it? Maybe we'll do. We will see some change in the NFL if that happens. We can't only place it on the black players. These white players too. These golden, these poster boys. They need to step up. And if they really feel some sort of way, they need to step up and say something about these issues that's going on. And that's the only way we're going to see some changes going on with with racism in the NFL. Until then, it's still going to be that. And you know, they're gonna they're gonna utilize the fruits of our people's labors to make sure that the NFL keeps going. So until, you know, the Mannings and the Brady's keep talking, start stepping up and speaking, that's when we'll see change. But outside of that, because I'm so hot, the halftime show was the greatest halftime show I've seen in a long time. And we got to keep doing it that way. Nah, definitely was. Definitely was fire. All right. I got two points. One One that wasn't the greatest halftime show. I'm sorry to break it to y'all. Yo, it was pretty it was Prince. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> I'm big on sliders. We about to get into it with our other topics. I'm big on sliders, bro, and I always go by the circumstance. My man Prince, and of course, and and again, this was new to me. I didn't know they did the Super Bowl halftime show for free, but I get it because it's for your publicity. Your catalog will go up. Mm-hmm. But for Prince, nah. you know, the way it was set up, it was raining when Purple Rain came on. My man was back <laughs> in six-inch heel platforms dancing. The best part for me is when he, it was raining. They said, "Prince, we have to stop because these electric cars is going to shock you. Like, you mm-hmm. might die." And my man turned around and asked, "Could you make it rain harder?" That's all you need to know. Okay, I'm just <laughs> sorry. and that's why I said we could we could bu- listen if y'all well, want. I can be with y'all. We can bump Mike down. The crib walk to me is bigger than the moonwalk, but it's how you guys feel. But wait, wait, how- wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop the show. What is it? What hold is on. it? Hold on, stop this show. The best, the best halftime performance was definitely by far fucking Janet Jackson. <laughs> that was, no, I was about to say that. I was about to say that. That was like 03, right? It was, it was yo, I remember, bro. bro. I was I was like, I was young, bro, when that shit happened too. No, I think, I think my mom had like turned my face to screen or something. Like, yo. Okay, so I remember well, that. I don't oh, put that up just because one, Justin Timberlake had beef with the GOAT. You if you beef with Prince, I'm sorry, you're an enemy of mine. So we're not talking about Prince. Right, right, right. And JT was still foul because he, <laughs> he did that in 03. They ended up banning Janet, but then they had Justin Timberlake come back and perform at the halftime show, which sucked at the way. He was man in the woods. He should have stayed in the damn woods because it was oh, terrible. Wait, he they banned Janet from Yes. Yes. What? Yes, they banned Janet. She couldn't perform. And then years later, they brought Justin Timberlake back. They found him in the woods. And like I said, they should have kept his ass there because you that was terrible. But and actually, to what I want to tie into, and I think you guys kind of touched upon upon that, like uh, we're hungry and football is all we know. And it kind of reminds me of the Eric Adams situation. We need to have other outlets. And it starts from being young coaches. I think about what Brian Flores talked about. He was saying, like, you know, I was I was born to coach. And I think we get stuck up on just trying to be an NFL player. And I think we need to start having, you know, outlets for young black men who feel like they can't make it to the league to be a coach, to still be involved. Because it's still important to have that camaraderie, to be a leaders of men. I think you see a lot of these NFL organizations, and that's the disconnect. You see these organizations because they don't have a black voice in the locker room with a locker room being majority of black players. That's why you have some of these outcomes of being 0-16 and not winning games and things upon that nature. That needs to happen. There needs to be programs for kids who say, listen, I love football. I might not be able to be 
you know, I can't do it at the collegiate level or I can't do it at the, the, the professional level. I can still be involved somehow, somehow, some way. So that's when you can start integrating offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, head coach, assist. That's when they need to start pulling these guys in. And that's the biggest issue there. So I know I want to get into another topic that's dear. Wait, and- hold on. Before we get back, though, I'm sorry. I'm not in agree with anything, but just, they call this joint the nipple gate, bro. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> Yo, Justin, a crazy man, bro. <laughs> That's crazy. Not the nipple gate. Oh, man. The nipple gate. Read the cheekies, right? <laughs> so I want to get to this dear into your heart. I'm going to let Smooth start it off. We're going to talk about turf band. So, Smooth. Oh, man. Yo, yeah. The league, bro. It- I don't want to seem like we're bashing the league, but from somebody who has definitely suffered from uh, ACL injury, the mm. turf in the sports, man, is not good, not beneficial, especially in football. Um, and I definitely, I think, um, uh, I forget who said, who came out and said it was Jalen Ramsey. Jalen no, Ramsey. Debo, oh, Debo, Debo Sam, Debo yeah, Samuels. Debo that's right. Samuels Debo Samuels. Out, yep. he, he came out and said, definitely, we niggas need that banned turf. Reasons why, because since 2015, it's been over 250 plus ACL, MCL injuries. That is outrageous. I mean, like, literally, you're playing on synthetic. You're playing on synthetic, uh, synthetic grass. It's not. It's not real. You're playing on the the rubber beads of tires, shredded up tires, where these athletes are training their bodies to be as fast as they can to make these sharp movements and, and, and jukes and cuts that we, we, we wow ourselves. They wow us on, on Sundays. They do that by twisting and, and, and moving their bodies in ways that, you know, the body may not supposed to bend. No, no, with the ground, not giving and them cutting and turning and twisting the twist of that, that tendon it's over. Look at Odell. Odell didn't do much. He it was a non-contact injury. He literally cut and his foot got caught like it got caught behind him. He went to go cut and turn up field as he was catching it and his knee gave. Simple, just like that. And Odell is one of the most elusive uh receivers in the in the in the game right now and he I'm pretty sure he trained damn hard to come back from that from that injury. Uh so I definitely they need to reevaluate the situation. I don't. I don't know. I wish there was some data that would tell us um, of what it was before 2015. But that's when all the injuries started really getting serious: the concussions, the ACL and MCL. And it's it's very very um, interesting that they separate the two. Um, they separate the ACL in- injury and the MCL injury, uh, where. Usually, when you tear one, you tear both of them. So it's very interesting to see how how they're doing that. So NFL, what are you doing to help out these these athletes? Please help them out because ACLs is going every day. Like, <laughs> it's like yo, it's like facts. Like what Vaughn is saying. Like the thing is, I'm a hooper, so I really don't know you know the mechanics of like you know on the football field and and, and things like that. But you know, I can imagine what a torn ACL is like. You know Bruh, what I mean? you want me to tell you right now? It's you. So <laughs> listen. So everybody's drank Snapple before, right? Mm-hmm. When you when you twist that top, what noise does it make? There you go, ACL. <laughs> Down goes oh, Frazier. Yo, that's that's crazy, and I, I gotta agree with you, man. It's just like, and and basically, like I said, not from experience, but from what I've been seeing, like a lot of athletes since yeah, like 2015, you're just seeing that going down one by one by by a common ACL injury, and at the end of the day, like you're taking away livelihoods from from these athletes, especially after all the hard work they put in. Like, yo, shout out to Odell, man. Like, my man's been putting in a he put in the work. Word, shout out, shout out, Adrian Peterson, who. Who went through oh, yeah. who, many ACL surgeries and still, you know I mean, oh, no. I think he was on a roster last year. He on this past year, he was on a roster. Mm-hmm. He was on Titans. I think Titans, yeah. But yeah, going back is just like, oh, these injuries are get, becoming more common, and, and you're you're you know taking a livelihood away from from these athletes. You know what I mean? And you, not only the physical aspect of it, but the mental aspect of it too. All that hard work you're putting in, 
just to go down by a non-contact injury, and especially in Odell's case, like the biggest game of his life, you know, I'm sure he, luckily he, you know, he scored and he did his thing and, you know, but I'm sure he wanted to continue playing and obviously it being contract season uh, and injuries, the last thing he wants to worry about. So right. yeah, the NFL has to worry about, you know, you know, working on what we need to do with, with this, with this turf band. Cause it's getting crazy. All right. Y'all ready? Cause I got to offer some pushback. I'm going to offer some pushback. So talk to one of the things that I've read or I've heard, I should say, I'll, I'll say heard because I can't find the article, but one of the biggest reasons why a lot of the NFL owners have made the decision to go to turf instead of grass is because they said that they were paying too much to maintain the grass on the field. Mm. So that's one thing. So if the owners, and this is the, always a common, this is an ongoing. All that money they making? <laughs> and if, if, Come on. All money, it's a nonprofit organization too. So yeah, okay. Let's go dig a little bit deeper in there too. And also too, for the owners, it's kind of almost a plus. Because mm-hmm. you have to keep the talent fresh. Mm. Like this. I look at that Saquon. And Saquon is one of those too. Look at the premier back that Saquon is. He can cut, juke, spin. He does all that. Jump. <laughs> yeah. He signs a contract. A shelf life for a running back is what? Three to four years? So you sign your rookie contract. You're already signed for four years. Mm-hmm. Then then they'll try to, you know, oh, you have your player option, or they can even opt in the player option for you. So technically, you're you're signed for five years. You're 24, 23, you come out of college because you have to play three years of college football. So then you're at 28. So he really only has, after 28, one big contract year before his his life, his shelf life of the NFL is over. Right. Bell likes that because guess what happens? I have to replace that. I have to re- recycle the new talent because guess what? On Saturdays, there's a kid that's playing for free that really wants to make it into the NFL, and I'd rather see him than pay you right now. So guess what? Turf it is. Right. Mm. It's just the sad labor of the game, you know, and that's why it's interesting when we talk about, like, concussions and things that we had to learn these things so late. It's because the NFL owners don't want you to know because the point is, listen, you have to destroy your body for the, the check you want, for the entertainment that we, do, we want as consumers. Mm-hmm. And guess what? At the end of the day, we'll just replace you because that's the nature of the beast. These NFL owners don't care. That's why they will always play on turf because it's cheaper to maintain. Well, in their mind, it's cheaper to maintain. But in all reality is we're just trying to get you guys out of the league. That's hey, what man. Like, they say that the NFL stands for not for long. Not and that's yeah. a, bi- a big part of that reason. I think about uh, Victor Cruz. I never heard of a patellar tendon popping. I never heard of that. Bruh. Until on turf. It's very and then the, even to talk about the Giants, man, think about like and just to bring us back to Saquon, they ran Saquon. He mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how many carries he had his rookie and second year before tearing the ACL, but bro, it was probably top in the league for sure, yeah. without a doubt. Well, he, it, look, don't even have to talk about rushing, how they were using Saquon, giving him the ball off the backfield, using him as a wide receiver. And then that's another, that's another part of the conversation, too, for, for some of these NFL players being paid, you know, getting labeled as a running back. To me, somebody who should get paid this year, if he is a free agent, I'm not sure if he is, should be uh, Cordell Patterson. That man plays every position. He played wide receiver and running back. But when they put that title on you, then you can only get a certain amount of compensation. It's a nasty game out here, guys. It's just a nasty game. I don't know what to say. The NFL is going to be the NFL. Unfortunately, we'll be tuning in all the damn time to watch it. So facts. So and here, look, this is some of Staquan's numbers here. I'm just gonna look at the rushing attempts. So his first year, rookie year, he had 261. Then it dropped to 217. And 2020 is where he tore his ACL. So he had 19 carries. Last year he had 162. But still, if we want to add on his receiving, he had how many receptions? 91 his rookie year, 52 his second year, six on the ACL tear, 41 last year. Right. Get him right back in there. Let's go. Get him right back in there. It don't matter. Guess what? And guess what they're talking about already? Oh, do we have to move Saquon? Should we trade Saquon? And this is his fifth year coming up. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Look at that. I, I mean, I just I, – I'm not understanding. The so proof what is I'm, in the pudding. The proof is there. The, the proof – and guess what? I mean, listen, at this point – how how do you, how could we go up upon it? You know what I mean. I don't I don't know how you would really want to. How can we say NFL go to grass? I mean I feel like that should be it anyway. I don't know what is of them switching from the turf. I mean to me as soon as and I guess it must be in the contract that you can't sue them because to me even Michael Irvin having that that 
injury. You know, he slides down to avoid a beta tackle. He hits his neck wrong on the turf, and he's one hit away from being paralyzed now, and that ends his career. Right. Like, there's, there's certain things that we got to start working. I mean, I don't know how they're going to they're gonna end up fixing it, man. I really don't. I don't. Shit is crazy, bro. Shit is crazy. All right, let me just... What I want to do is I might finish the recording because I'm going to stop it at 4.33. David said he couldn't hear us. He said he got cut out again. So I'm going to finish this. I'm just going to timestamp it that we stopped at 43.30. Uh, oh, that's what he said? Yeah, he texted and he just said he got cut out. He got kicked out again. So I'm going to just timestamp this here. I'm going to finish this recording and then we'll add the second part. All right, cool. No, let me just finish this. Hello? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm on now. All right, perfect. Let me just add one in. Uh... Yeah, so what I did was I stopped it at 43, part one, and then we'll just drop the second part with this. So Cool. Ahem. We're just on. Yeah, all right, cool. All right, we good. Um, I'm gonna start at one. Uh, we'll start at one minute, and then we'll, I'm gonna introduce the. Uh, are you cutting that that Dion uh the LT thing? Are you cutting it or keep going? No, we're gonna keep. I'm gonna add it right into one. So as soon as I one, I'm gonna introduce the topic, and we're gonna start, we're gonna break that in, and then we'll finish up. All right. All right, we back. Sorry for the technical difficulties. Had to cut it up, but good for y'all. We're going to split it up to two episodes so you can view in. So before we got off there, there's another topic that we had to get into. Who is the most dominant player? So I was labeling, you know, there was a lot of talk saying, you know, who's the dominant defensive player? Is it Lawrence Taylor or Aaron Donald? I'm going to let Smooth take it over because, you know, he got his personal favorite that he needed to throw in there. So let Smooth take it away. Bruh. <laughs> Yo, we we already know who the most dominant defensive player was in the league. We already know who this was. And if you don't know, it's sad. This player was Deion Primetime Sanders. Dominant in all aspects. Defense, uh, he led the league in, in interceptions and also in special teams during his era. He also, I mean, it's not defensive, but he also played offense and was on uh, – he played receiver and caught touchdowns. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know that information. Um, so if you're a real football fan and a real historian or a statistician, uh, you definitely should, should know that. But, yeah, Dion was dominant on defense. He was, a, he was a physical corner who could go up and get the ball, had uh, immaculate ball skills. Uh, he also – what you don't know, people don't know about him as well, Dion was very physical. He would love the press, and he would love the uh, – uh, tackle. He was very physical. Dion right, hold over, on. over LT and uh. All right, hold on. We are not doing this. All right, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna get some pushback. He wasn't <laughs> as physical as you talking about. We are not doing that. He wasn't as tackling. Dion wanted to get the interception. Dion is kind of like Trayvon Diggs. He was looking for the pick. He wasn't looking to hit you. He wasn't looking at it to tackle you. He was scared of contact. We are not doing that. <laughs> we not doing that. So okay, he could he give don't get me wrong, he put a lot of fear. He did take, you know, that one side of the field away. He wasn't as he wasn't physically dominated. I was scared to be on it. That's not that scary. He ain't <laughs> Hey Prime, we love you, Coach Prime. How about <laughs> All right, so me personally, I'm gonna say because like I said, I was labeling LT versus Aaron Donald. We could throw Dion in there. To me, I'm always gonna go with Aaron Donald. I think the things that you see him do. From the defensive tackle position, he basically played the whole defensive line. He can end up in his one technique, his two technique, the three, the five, wide nine. He does all of that. What makes him such a dominant force is the attention that he, the attention to detail that he gets. He's either block three block three linemen have to block him. That that's that's a lot to do to handle with one man, one man doing all that. You know what I mean? Oh, Dave, Dave cut out again. God damn! Oh, you gotta keep. Oh, just keep going. Yeah, but for me. Aaron Donald, the most defensive. I mean, don't get me wrong. Lawrence Taylor was a physical beast. But for me, with Lawrence, he did kind of have help when you look at that New York Giants defense. He did have Henry Carson on the, on the, on the side, you know, helping him out, anchoring that, anchoring that deep. 
don't get me wrong, Aaron Donald does have a stout defense. Don't get me wrong. You got Jalen Ramsey, a physical cornerback who can who can cover and tackle. That's that's who you think Dion is. <clears throat> but he's not. We'll we'll get over that. Um my boy. <laughs> so yeah. I mean Jalen Ramsey, that physical corner, you don't get me wrong, they did add in Von Miller into the mix, but still that the most dominant player is Aaron Donald. I'm sorry. I love LT. LT is good. I like to go back. I'm a historian. I love to watch the facts and like like to see how they came about and how dominant they were for their time. And I think that's a that's a, another dis- discussion for another day. I think we have to just start having that time conversation of what were you doing in your time? I think the rules change, and that's why I always give the, the the edge to Aaron Donald too, especially how different the game has become. And and smooth, you touched up on it of how physical Dion used to be at the line, jamming wide receivers. They can't do that no more. Like I watched Jalen Ramsey in the Super Bowl, and you see Jamar Chase is just he's not even trying to put a hand on him. He can't even stop his progress. And the flags come out way too quick now for them to do it. And we know it's more of an offensive minded league. They want to make sure the scores are high. Which gives me all the edge to say, yo, Aaron Donald is one of the dominant ones because even with all that going on, the the, the corners can't get jammed. Imagine if Jalen Ramsey can jam a corner. You feel, you understand how dominant Aaron Donald would be if you can actually knock a wide receiver off their route and let their Aaron Donald maul an offensive lineman. He's gonna be on your quarterback all day. Right. So to me, I'm always taking Aaron Donald, especially in the right. time that we are now, especially right. being a, a offensive league. It had to be D. It had to be Aaron. Sorry, AD. I'm going with it. The real AD, not the fake one. You hear what I said. <laughs> Y'all hear me? Yeah, you. Yeah, we can hear Perfect. you. Perfect. Just want to make sure. But sorry, guys, for the technical difficulties and all that. But uh, I got to say, yeah, Aaron Donald, man. Uh, just to finish that up, you know what I'm saying? I think they played in different eras. Shout out to Prime. Shout out to LT and all that. But I felt that, you know, if Aaron Donald was able to do what LT was able to do back then, Boy, it would be it would be a monstrosity out there. It'd be a murder suit. So, I mean, that's why I got I gotta give it I gotta give it to Aaron Donald, man. Uh, you know. But shout out Coach Prime, shout out LT, shout out Jackson shout out, State University. Yeah, yes, you sir. already know. You know what I mean? They're gonna do big things. But yeah. for this title, I gotta give it to AD Aaron <laughs> Donald, man. Amen. And another AD. another too, you gotta add in there. LT was allowed to hit the quarterback. LT did a lot more than him. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) LT is the reason why there's a left guard, I think, right? Because (laughs) he's the reason why there's a left guard. He made a position. Yeah, Yeah, and that's what I mean, though. But that's what I'm saying. Like, imagine if – imagine if they would allow Aaron Donald to hit the quarterback. Like, we would – like, we saw them hit the quarterback. And and let me just – hold on, because I got Aaron Donald. sumo slam. Yo, he is 6'1", 280 with a six-pack. Right, bro, with 10% body fat. Body fat. So, imagine he's not even – if you see him how he hits the court, he wraps him up and just throws him up. He's not even putting his full body weight. He had to change the way he was hitting quarterbacks in the beginning. You know what I'm saying? They got to be Aaron Donald, man. He had to adjust the game too, man. He's too dominant, too dominant. But (laughs) – Let's wrap up that football topic. You know what it is this weekend. It's NBA All-Star Weekend. You know the only events I'm looking forward to, the dunk contest, three-point skills challenge. I'm a little confused with skills challenge. I'm probably going to start there. I didn't know they were doing teams this year. Maybe just because I don't be paying attention to basketball like I should be. But I don't like the team aspect of it. I do like that individual aspect of the team. But since I got to choose, and this is no betting line, so just to let y'all know, there's no betting lines this weekend. If you're betting on the All-Star game, y'all need help. Good luck. Definitely. That means Yandy you're help. addicted. <laughs> Y'all need yeah, get some help. Like get some, call that number on the FanDuel, DraftKings, <laughs> all of Call that number. Gamblers but, Anonymous. <laughs> listen, man, listen. But if I do take a team for the Skittles Challenge, I'm taking Team Cavs, of course. It's in Cleveland, so I can see the home team getting that advantage. I don't see any other team really giving them. I mean, the team Antetokounmpo could give them challenge, but I'm just probably leaning with the home team advantage, man. I've got to take Team Cavs. I got to go with Team Cavs, too, man. I like how they – I like the direction that they're going. Jared Allen, Darius Garland, they're future superstars of the league, man. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a fan of them right now. I'm a little biased, but I got to go with Team Team Cavs, man. Shout out to them. And But I know this is a little off, but I remember during the Skills Challenge yesterday, this 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 dude, Josh Giddy. you know what I'm saying? I know I'm going oh, yeah. off topic. But, yeah, he, he – he, I feel like he got some game to him. So it's like, 
you know, I just again, I know I'm going off, but speaking <laughs> on the, the 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 team rooks or whatever, Josh Giddy, I'm I think I'm about to be a fan, like just cause I didn't see him out of nowhere. He came out of nowhere for me. Yeah, no, nah, I was heavy on him. Uh, you know, especially doing my gambling thing. I've been seeing that name, Josh Giddy. I know he does play for OKC. He's a big body. He's a young kid too, if I'm not mistaken. I think he was the young player this year to get a triple double. Yeah, the kid does have some game. I like Evan Mobley though. I, that team cat man, Jared Allen, Darius yeah. Garland, and Evan Mobley man. That's a team, and that kid Darius Garland. He might be the single handed reason LeBron might go back to the land, man. I'm just saying, he might go back to the land. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Him yeah, and his son, he, he, might, he might, he might get that rookie. He might get that pull back in. But three point contest, I wasn't even. These are a lot of names on this three point contest. Mm, who would I take though? You got Desmond Bain. Uh, man, I'm biased. I go with Zach Levine. Go Bulls. Shout out Chicago Bulls. Zach Levine. I like Zach Levine. I feel like I feel like he might make it at least to the second round. I do why see Cat there. Child jersey, to... but why? Yeah, jersey, big jersey. Well, I mean, he a big man that shoot threes now. Oh, Car- I... hey, Towns is on there. Yeah, hey. man, big cat. You see what you know? Wow. He's doing. Yeah, big cat. Trey Young gonna win it though. If I gotta, if I gotta choose, Trey Young. You know, but see the interesting thing with Trey, he's really not as strong of a three point shooter. That's he's not. Exactly. He's not. And that's one game three point shooter. Like, that's when it it matters. When it matters, you got it. Yeah, but he's not a normal three point shooter. You know what I'm saying? Like, if Clay and them, those are normal three point shooters. You know they finish just shoot threes. Trey is not. I'm a floater type of guy. And if I'm open for three and I cook you, then I'm gonna take that shot. Yeah, I mean, I might take. You know what? I'm going with my dark horse. I'm going with my first pick. I'm going with Fred VanVleet. I ain't gonna hold y'all. I'm going with Fred. (laughs) I'm going with Fred. I don't see how Patty Mills makes it out. And I might just be salty because my man didn't hit the 16 points I needed on my parlay. So I might just be a little bit salty. <laughs> I love CJ, but I don't think CJ's a strong three-point shooter either like that, to be honest. Like, when I think of three-point shooting, especially before he came over, uh, before he went to the Pelicans, Dame was that dude taking three-point shots. Mm-hmm. So I really, it's kind of interesting to see him up there trying that. I mean, hey, man, good more power to you. I don't see Desmond Bain. Nah, listen, he actually, you know what? He actually hit a three last night that was pretty deep, too. He hit one of those. And they did a weird thing last night with their uh, skills challenge for the rookies. They had to hit iconic uh, finisher shots. It was some weird thing. I was like, all right, y'all lost me. Just just take the shot. So, yeah, yeah I don't see I, – I, I definitely see Fred Van Vliet, though. Sorry, I'm yeah. trying to pull cat stats up, too, on these threes. Because y'all was – nah, we going we – gonna, I might have to go pull, pull out cat. Just these stats. Zach Levine take that joint. Women nah. lie. Men lie. Numbers don't. Uh, that's not true. The numbers could be skewed. Don't let them tell you anything different. Okay, the numbers could be skewed. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> nah, man. Listen, listen I, I always look at this. If you want to talk about numbers being skewed, I always think about Hole when he dropped the uh, what was it? The Holy Grail album. Uh huh. The man went platinum as soon as the album dropped because he had a deal with Sprint that was going to be on everybody's phone on July fourth. <laughs> doing it it's about the finesse, <laughs> God damn it! Hey, listen, you want to? Let's talk about another one because we love Lil Wayne. Weezy. There, there was always talk that Bird it could be because of the way Birdman had the deal structured at Universal. Because remember, their profit share, he was getting eighty percent; they were only getting twenty. It could be reasonable. Then there's always that rumor out there that Young Money itself had purchased five hundred thousand albums for. The Carter Three already, so he was already up. Soon as he was dropping the Carter Three, was up already. Nah, Wayne was selling that Carter Three was dope. Wayne was selling albums. No, 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 no. Don't get me wrong, he was. But what I'm saying is, though, if you think about it, though, the way they positioned it, hey man, they say that Young Money bought at least five hundred thousand copies. At least five hundred thousand copies from Young Money itself. So like I said, listen, we like the numbers, man. Like I said, it could be skewed. It could be skewed. But back to Carl's stats, I ain't gonna lie. His highest three point percent shooting was forty two percent. Right now, forty two, forty two percent three point shooter. Right now, he's at forty one percent. I can see it happening. Yo, and also, I'm not gonna lie. Before you know, shout out to Luke Kennard too, man. He he got ratty on him himself. He had some big time shots I've seen. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. I like Luke Bernard. But I'm going to stick with ZL, man. I got, I got you. <laughs> hey, yo, I'm, conf- I'm confused, yo. Your man's is hurt. But he in the All-Star game? I'm so confused, bro. Who yeah, man? Bro. Your man, Zach Levine, out here for the bag. He out there in Cleveland. I don't even know. If, do they have good? I ain't going to say. I was going to say, do they have looking good looking girls in Cleveland? But, I mean, they might. I don't know. Chill, I don't know. chill. Not the land. 
<laughs> yeah, no, that's why I was like, let me show, let me stop. Atlanta's actually pretty lit. Yeah. Well, I heard, I heard Cleveland's nice. I heard, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I've never, I've never been. I mean, I've never, I've never made it a destination of mine, but I'm, I'm right. sure if I landed there, I'd have a good time. Yeah, I heard they got good food out there. That was like one of the biggest things. They got good, 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 good food. All right, so then last competition. I mean, I hope it's a good one. The dunk contest, one of my favorite competitions. I kind of get got turned off from the dunk contest after they screwed my boy, Aaron Gordon, and they gave okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. Before we, before good thing. I didn't mean to cut you off, but real quick, I need, I need to know because you brought that up. With Aaron uh-huh. Gordon and and Zach Levine, right? Mm-hmm. Was that dunk contest better than the Vince Carter dunk contest back in two thousand? The reason why I say yes because Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon did. They were both dominant. Like when Vince Carter did it, it was just Vince. Like we already knew Vince was going to take it home. Not even with T Mac on there though, because he went against T Mac, bro. Did you see what my man? Aaron, listen, I'm I'm a I'm a die on this hill. Did you see what Aaron Gordon did in that damn dunk contest? When oh, he yeah, put yeah, no, facts, 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 facts. I got. I'm sorry. I seen a big at, at his size do that. I got to take him, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just got to take. Wait, him. wait, wait he fence. sat in midair, right? That joint was crazy. Oh my god, and he still didn't win. I was like, yeah, nah, we bugging. I don't know what's going on, but hey, bro. But they, I mean, those are two of the best ones, but I, I have to lean just because I've seen it. And maybe it's just because, again, like my time, I remember actually sitting there watching it like, yo, Aaron mm-hmm. Gordon, this. Me personally, I would say that Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine one, though, most definitely. Shout out Aaron Gordon, man. Shout out Aaron Gordon. Yeah, no, that was crazy. Shout out ZL, too, though. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, just know we'll, we'll never get a LeBron James dunk contest. I mean, <laughs> are we really missing anything? Are we? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I used to hate that. Oh, LeBron's not in the... Bro, he's an in-game dunker. Like, that's his thing, bro. Like, I really don't feel like he's going to be that creative to dunk the ball. mad intensity. Now, watch. As soon as his son comes in the league, then he'll be like, well, okay, let me do the dunk contest. And then hold we're going to be like, hold on. Can, can we... I mean, I, I don't mean to, like, jump different topics, but what, it really upsets me and, you know, us being from Jersey. Yo, why is ESPN not showing Candon any love, yo, after they didn't smacked up on – uh? Oh, yeah, Sierra LeCannon, right? Yeah, what? Yo, that is crazy, bro. Now, I think they, they actually do have – not, and I know we get off topic, but um, I think if I'm not mistaken now, they do televise it. There's, like, so many uh, ESPN programs now. They got ESP1, ESPN2. There is one that does show uh, the top-ranked basketball. They do have it. It's just they got to figure out – I forgot what channel it's on, though. Because I did – that's how I watched the Sierra Cannon one because it was on, oh, on okay. ESPN. Shout out Camden. Shout out DJ Wagner. That's going to be a whole episode. That's going to be a whole episode itself. If you a big hoop fan, you know who his pops is. Dewan Wagner. He was the hope for Cleveland before LeBron, but you know his son going to take it over. Shout out Camden. Shout out DJ Wagner, man. Shout out Dewan. Big facts. Shout out Camden. Shout out that boy DJ. When when he cooked Bronny, I was like, yo. Cooked him. Filet him. In the pot, stir it, please. Be yeah. careful on the stir. Back on topic, though, fellas. Back on topic. So we're going to finish out with the dunk contest. I'm looking at these candidates. I got Cole Anthony, Jalen Green, Juan Toscano, Anderson, and Obi Toppin. I'm taking Obi, man. I'm taking yeah. Obi. You're going Obadiah. I got yeah. I got Obi up there. Yeah. I, I think maybe Jalen Green can give him some, some work. I don't know about Cole Anthony, even though I do like Cole Anthony. But I just feel like Obi going to take it, man. He's a big body, big energy guy. You know, he don't get enough burn on the game. So, you know he finished hard in his dunk contest. So, yeah, yeah, I'm taking nah, that. I, I got to go with Obi, man. I think Jalen Green going to – like, because how, how tall is Jalen Green before I – you know, if anybody could figure that out. How tall is he? Because he could be a little surprised if he's short. You know what I mean? I never really knew how tall Jalen Green was. I want to say he's like six foot something. Sorry, I'm pulling it up now. I know he's six foot something. I don't think he is that short, but let me see Jalen Green. Six four. Yeah, I was about to say he's kind of tall. He's six four. Okay, okay. I thought he was like six something. Because if he's six something and throwing windmills, I'd be like, oh, all right, it could be a little interesting. But yeah. Nah, yeah, I gotta go with Obi, man. Yeah. I, does Juan Toscano, does he even dunk like that? Like, you know what I mean? He do he does dunk. Don't get me wrong. I, I just he could be the dark horse because I just don't see how he dunks, but he does dunk the ball. A couple of okay, uh, okay, a Golden State Warriors game I have seen, he does go ahead and bang that ball. He does cock it back. He does have a lot of ferocious ferocity or uh, to the rim. But mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I'm taking Obi still. Yeah, go Obi man. Shout out Obi man. Get it, take it home. 
Take it home. Make it fun. Yeah. All right. So we're winding down our episode. So you know we always got to close with the fact of the day. So I'm going to toss it to Smooth to give us that fact. Yeah, man. Let me get this fact of the day in because I got to catch a flight to Cali. So um, fact of the day is a lot of people don't know this. Uh, Jersey City was one of the last spots on the Underground Railroad, um, being one of the most important transfer points in the East. Uh, we know that New Jersey was one of the last uh, northern states to free the slaves. Um, so they traveled, uh, obviously, through New Jersey, all on the East Coast, uh, Jersey City being the last one, uh, where it's, they say, thousands of slaves crossed through Jersey City. Um, just to get to just to get free. Um, so definitely want to put that out on people's radar um, as a black black history month is here right now and it's coming to an end shortly. But it's really not because every day is black history month. Uh, so we just want to just uh, showcase, you know, that Jersey City uh, definitely was an important spot. And um, 1865, man, that's where I'm going to end it at 1865. Yes, sir. 1865. Other than that, that was EP2 of the Untitled Pod, man. Listen, subscribe. Give us that follow on IG, and we will talk to y'all soon. Have a yeah, good one. Check us out on Spotify. You dig? Check you us dig. out, man. Enjoy. Have a safe weekend, everybody. I got to end it with my jersey shit. Yeah. <laughs>